and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome back once again, Bread and Circuses Podcast. I am Rooster, here with Crow. Hello. How you doing, Crow? Uh, good. Really? No. <laughs> Did I fool you? No. Uh, that's why I that's said- why you said really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll work really? on I'll work on that. Really? Great. Really. So good. Really. <laughs> really. All right, what do you got? Okay. Well, I, I ju- before we start, okay. I just want to point out I've had enough of your white supremacy. Mm, okay. Well, well, I mean, we can talk about how how Biden and Merrick Garland is really going to crack down on white supremacy. At least that'll stop me. I think that's good to know. Okay, so Biden, this is from and and who's Biden again? President Biden. No, he's not. <laughs> Puppet President Biden. Yeah, he's he's not. Uh, this is from something called J Weekly. Uh, Ron Campeus. Biden, and this is his quote, white supremacists are the most dangerous people in America. So President Biden said domestic terrorism was the greatest threat in America and that white supremacists are the most dangerous people and pledged to focus his Justice Department on the rise of white supremacy. So then they nominated Merrick Garland, which was the... Um, it was a attorney, a prosecutor, right? Uh, I think he was a judge. Okay, he was a judge. Um, in like the uh, federal appellate court or something like that. Yeah, that uh, you know, the Republicans refused to, to do the hearing to uh, nominate him as a Supreme Court justice. Because under, it was in a, an election year. Yeah, under Obama. So. And what is the rule called? The Biden rule. The Biden rule. Because in 1992... Joe Biden said, yeah, Senate's yeah, not going to take that. stuff up yeah. in the election year. Yeah, the president shouldn't nominate, and uh, if the president nominates, the, the Senate shouldn't um, shouldn't confirm because, you know, it should be the next president that does that. Right. Um, so anyways, and he, for some reason, he was tied to, from what I understand, Mark Garland was tied to, like, the gun running fiasco, the... Uh, what's what was that? What was the name of that operation where they sent guns to Mexico? Oh, um, Fast and Furious. Yeah, he was he was um, in, involved in that in that bullshit, that fiasco, all kinds of shit that you know kind of would would actually I think preclude him from being a justice anyway. Well, I you know just getting back briefly to ninety two, I think uh, Joe Biden was completely principled in his stance to not do that in the final year of wait whose presidency was that? What? Whose presidency was it in 92? Oh, yeah, Obama. No, 92. 92 is Bush. Wait. Yeah, George Bush. Yeah, Bush. And he was a he was a Democrat, right? Oh, oh. Well, come on. Joe Biden couldn't have been swayed by politics at that point, could he? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so we talked about his town hall, Biden's town hall with... Uh, God, with Anderson Cooper. Yeah, with Anderson Cooper. That was a train wreck. Yeah, uh, in Milwaukee last Tuesday. Not last Tuesday, Tuesday before, I believe. Um, so the, the question from uh, Joel Berkowitz, who's a professor at University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, about the ongoing threat from white supremacists in the wake of uh, the raid in the U.S. Capitol. 
And, uh, you know, Biden says, I got involved in politics to begin with because of civil rights and opposition to white supremacists. The Ku Klux Klan and the most dangerous people in America continue to exist. That is the greatest threat to terror in America, domestic terror. Of course, they don't say that the, the fastest growing uh, hate groups in America are black separatists. Don't say it. You can't. Uh, even the Southern Poverty Law Center used to have a hate map where they would talk about all the different supremacists and white supremacy and and uh, um, the the different um, I don't know all the different hate groups mm -hmm. and they had part of it was black supremacists the problem is was that they were taking up larger and larger portions of the pie and they couldn't have that so basically they came out and said well we're not going to count um, black separatist groups as hate groups anymore because because they, they fight white supremacy well yeah because it, they're, they're kind of justified in their feelings. I mean, that wasn't the exact wording, but that was the gist. Well, you know, that Southern Poverty Law Center is an upstanding organization. Yeah. Never any problems with them. Um, so anyways, getting back to Merrick Garland. So he had a statement that says, from 1995 to 1997, I supervised the prosecution of the perpetrators of the bombing of the Oklahoma City Federal Building. And that would be Timothy McVeigh, right? who sought to spark a revolution that would topple the federal government. If confirmed, I will supervise the prosecution of white supremacists and others who stormed the Capitol on January 6th, a heinous attack that sought to disrupt the cornerstone of our democracy, a peaceful transfer of power to a newly elected government. Um, so he's saying he's going to, that's his number one goal right now. Is he drawing a parallel between what happened at the Capitol and what happened in Oklahoma City? No. Well, yes, he is. Because if he is, that's fucking stupid. But guess what else he's doing? But he will, but he refuses to draw when a senator asked him, well, okay, what about the, uh, all the federal buildings that were attacked by Antifa and BLM in, in the past months? He goes, well, that's different. Yeah, because uh, Wait, they, but, court um, wasn't in session. Um, uh, um, uh, um, that's different. That's yeah. pretty much his response. Uh, why? Um, uh, because the normal, um, duties, it was off, off hours and, and such. And there was, they weren't disrupting the, uh, the duties of the blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing. He almost made it sound heroic. Uh, and I think I brought, I thought about this, but also Matt Christensen, Christensen on his video brought this up. He's like, how is attacking and burning down a federal building not disrupting the duties of that building the next day if they can't perform their duties the next day because the building's been ransacked and burned down? Crow? Shh. Oh, that makes too much sense. Shh. No, no, no. You're questioning things you shouldn't question. Mm. It was closed for business. They, no getting... they knock off at five. Okay. Every time I listen to the radio, and, and I'm, it's a good thing I'm not playing audio of this because it just sparks an, a deep rage in me. Um, whenever they say they're going after white supremacy, it's like, fuck you very much. Uh, and yeah, there probably were a couple guys in that attack um, on the Capitol that espoused some white nationalist sentiment, like maybe one, maybe two at the most. And then the rest of the people were like basically tourists <laughs> that didn't know what was going on. Or uh, like I said before, agent prov provocateurs and, uh, and people that were trying to incite the riot to make the the Trump supporters look bad. So your goal right off the bat is to say it was white supremacist. It was not. If there was a guy that uh, was a white nationalist that was involved in this, he didn't foment this. He didn't set it up. He didn't um, um, egg it on. 
the guy that got arrested for that, the first one that was arrested was a BLM supporter, Antifa supporter that was egging it on and and saying, I'm talking about burning this bitch down and breaking windows. So. Yeah. I, this white supremacy stuff's getting out of here. It's got to stop. It's not just, it's, it's everywhere. It's, it's people don't, I don't think people understand how pervasive talk of white supremacy is and white whiteness and it's, it's way more pervasive than actual white supremacy <laughs> yeah for, for damn sure um if you look at um this even minnesota we're from, i'm from minnesota minnesota school system in the name of ending white supremacy and systemic racism are like a bunch of our school districts indoctrinate the students they have uh here's an article from alpha news from february 24th uh, in the fall of 2020, a fourth grade class in Burnsville read a book that warned students that police are mean to black people, but nice to white people. Cops stick up for each other, it says, and they don't like black men. What At, about the black cops? Yeah. Well, they're, they're, um, they're showing their whiteness. Yeah. They're, they're internalized, uh, racism. They're, they're participating in whiteness. Yeah. At Egan high school, these are all Minnesota here. At Egan High School, a ninth grade class began the 2020-21 school year by watching a YouTube video entitled Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. In the words of one parent who saw the video and the leading questions students had to answer, it was white guilt all the way down. In Hopkins, that's Minnesota, Superintendent Rhonda Mirapiri-Reed told returning faculty and staff that to eradicate a pandemic of racial injustice... We need to examine the role of whiteness and how it, what are the role that whiteness plays in our macro system of white supremacy. Did I think we played some video from or some audio from that? Her voice is annoying as hell, mm-hmm. and it's just uh, well, that's just your white supremacy and misogyny. No, it's her voice is annoying. But yeah, she did the uh, George Floyd rest in power thing. Oh God. Hopkins, yeah, I hate that. Oh, that makes me so mad. Hopkins school officials vowed to restructure student learning around the 13 characteristics of white supremacy. These include requiring black students to turn in assignments on time, along with any expectations that smacked of perfection, per- perfectionism or objectivity, thinking in a logical or linear fashion. Hopkins Junior High have dropped traditional letter grades for a new assessment system since letter grades are linked to dominant white culture and thus inequitable, a school staff member told Minnesota Public Radio. So their whole goal is to restructure how kids learn to basically say everything's white supremacy and racism and uh, white guilt and black victimhood. See, and I say more power to them. Lean into it. You know why? Because people are bailing on public schools left and right. The but, the latest numbers on some of the Minneapolis schools, are they're estimating as many as 40% of the students won't come back. And, I mean, we can talk about, we and we've done this before, I don't want to get into the argument about funding or not. The point is, those kids are no longer going to be subject to that indoctrination. You know, yes, there still will be a bunch of kids who are, but they were going to be anyway. But this this pervasive, um, I mean, it's like a three-prong attack from progressives that they've got the education system talking nonstop about this. They've got the entertainment system talking, and, they're, and the, and the, the uh, people in the entertainment system 
or I shouldn't say system, but industry, um, constantly talking about racism. We've talked about Regina Carano nonstop and, and how they say she's a racist for bringing up uh, you know, a comparison to Who? the Holocaust. Yeah. yeah. Our obsession. Yeah. Um, and then we've got our president and, and uh, Kamala you know, Harris and Kamala Harris and attorney general. Then going to be elected attorney general. The first things out of their mouth is how the worst thing this nation has to deal with right now, right now, the worst thing we have to deal with white supremacy. Yeah. But the problem is it's so ridiculous and most of the country knows it. I mean, if you look at the surveys, even, even a lot of uh, liberals aren't buying this and why, because a lot of liberals are white. And they're saying, well, hey, wait a second. You know, we can talk about equity and equality and all this stuff, but you can't say I'm bad just because I'm white. And it's such, they're looking at it like it's a wedge issue. It's not a wedge issue. It's an extremist kind of idea. So so why do they have so much power to be so pervasive with this? Well, because they're so loud about it and they have the media sort of trumpeting this whole thing. The problem is we've got somebody elected as a president that has been said the most actual racist things that I've, I have I can think of for any president to say in modern history. How dare you talk about Kamala like that? <laughs> yeah. And the fact that there's that, that he's got elected at all means that it, it must be working. There are people out there that believe this. So what, otherwise, why would these idiots vote for him? Kamala is a woman's name. You have to call her <laughs> her. Okay. Yeah, she identifies I mean, as the, she identifies as she her bitch. My problem okay. is that you're saying, yeah, most people don't don't uh, you know follow or don't believe in this shit. Problem is, then why is the president of the United States uh, a, a a raging uh, racist that but but he projects onto conservatives that were the racists and he gets elected over that? I, First I of all, don't again, understand how that can happen. She and she cannot be racist because she's part Asian and part black. Yeah. And her uh, grandfather was a slave owner, was a massive slaveholder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, we don't want to talk about that. No, I think uh, Biden's comments about, you know, and he did say that people in rural areas have trouble getting on too, but then, well, not just rural. He brings up urban areas. And so not just rural, but urban, but basically every black person and Brown person can't figure out how to get on the internet in order to figure out how to go to the local pharmacy to get your, uh, uh, vaccine, which you can't go get at the local pharmacy. Well, according to him, you can, yeah, you just go down to Walgreens and get it. Yeah. But anyways, black people can't figure that out. Just like black people can't figure out how to get IDs in order to vote. So vote, uh, ID laws for voting is racist. How, how, how can, can you, you say that about your people? Yeah. How can my, since I am, a, I identify today right now as a disabled black lesbian, I can, I can tell you right now that I am offended that Biden says that and, and has constantly said that I'm too stupid to figure out how to open a computer and figure out where to get a vaccine or how to go down to the DMV and get an ID. Well, you are pretty dumb. Uh, you know, that's offensive coming since I am both physically and mentally disabled. It's hurt, <laughs> very hurtful. Yeah. I, I've got a lot of a lot of uh, boxes checkmarked. I would apologize. In a progressive stack. I would apologize, but my white supremacy is not going to allow me to. Okay. You know, so. We'll work on that. Your co-host there is. Uh, I, can you hear his breath? I'm hoping the mics don't pick up uh, pick up um, 
my dog's breath. He's really going at it with a toy here. <laughs> um, no, he's not humping the toy. He's just... Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> um, yeah, th- this whole white supremacy thing is getting out of control. I've got a, an article here. No, I've never heard of this publication. Raven sent it to us. It's called American Greatness. Have you heard of this one? No. Uh, I'm sure the Democrats are going to say it's racist just because it says America is great. Uh, so this is by a Deborah. I don't know if it's Heine or Hein. I'm going to guess Heine. Um, basically, this article says it. It, the title is Democrats and left-wing activists blame recent surge of violence against Asians on Trump and white supremacy. Oh, God. Let's, okay, how are they going to do this? Oh, well, this is – it's pretty good. And, I mean, completely scientific. I buy it. Mm. You know? Yeah, we, we believe in science. So, basically – And love is love. Yeah. Oh, ex- unless white supremacists are doing mm-hmm. it. You know? Uh, then it's just hate love. The uh, There's been this rash of um, – uh, attacks on people, Asian people out West, especially, but, um, in just a lot of places in the country, one of them was an 84 year old, um, named, I'm going to mispronounce this. He's, uh, he, uh, what Taiwanese, I think he, it's Visha Ratanapaka D. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So this is somebody's ring doorbell, basically, it looks like, that gets this. And this 84-year-old, almost blind guy, takes a walk every day. And some guy just runs up to him, full body checks him as he's coming around a corner into a driveway. Knocks him, I'm not, I'm not kidding, makes him fly five feet in the air. And the guy lands, slides, hits his head against the garage door, eventually dies. They blame this on white supremacy. Um, from the article, the video shows that an elderly man had no opportunity to protect himself. Assistant district attorney, Sean Connolly, uh, that sounds like a dirty ginger name, uh, (laughs) wrote in a motion seeking to detain Watson, the person who did this. There's no evidence depicted that the elderly man did anything, uh, to provoke the attack. So Andy No posts, the deadly assault of an elderly Asian man in San Francisco is being blamed on white nationalism by left-wing activists. Antoine Watson, the suspect arrested over the homicide, Sounds white. is black. Antoine's not a white name? Uh, well, maybe he appropriated white culture. Okay. So they uh, found out that of these attacks on Asian people, 84% of them are black people doing it. And yet, do you know why white supremacy did it? Trump, orange man bad. Yep. Flame, f- uh, fanning the flames of bigotry when he used the terms China virus and Kung flu. So apparently- I don't think Trump ever said Kung flu. I don't know if he did or not. Yeah. But uh, he had a lot of rallies that a lot of people were at. Uh, despite the advice of community leaders, of advocates, of health and public officials, to say it would be- uh, uh, Inaccurate and downright derogatory to use these terms. 45 didn't care, and he kept using it. This is Ted Lieu, uh, I believe a representative from California. In a recent MSNBC interview, Janelle Wong, an Asian-American studies professor at the University of Maryland, seemed to worry that public awareness about racial nature of the attacks could lead to unfair stereotypes against blacks. You know, when they're on video beating up elderly Asian men, people are going to get a bad picture of them, I guess. 
if address this is a quote from her if addressing violence against asian americans entails further furthering stereotypes about black criminality and the policies associated with those stereotypes we've misdiagnosed the problem <laughs> so uh, while crime statistics show that white perpetrators commit about 24% of the crimes against Asians, the majority of violent attacks in the past year appear to have been committed by black assailants. Department of Justice crime statistics indicated that in May of 2020, that black on Asian crime is 280 times more common than Asian on black crime. Uh, in fact, black on Asian violence has been a scourge for years, long before COVID-19. So it goes on to talk about how it's sort of a dirty little secret in uh, in um, San Francisco. It shows um, uh, there's another video from last March in Philadelphia showing some a bunch of black youths beating up an elderly Asian man. Well, before before this, in New York, there was all kinds of attacks on the Jewish community in, in New York. We talked about this in the podcast last year. Well, that was that was Trump's fault because he's uh, he's a Jew hater, even <laughs> though his uh, son-in-law and his and and we had really good relations with Netanyahu and Israel um, Shh, under stop, Trump. Stop. Mm -hmm. That's just smoke and mirrors, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, there's another one here of uh, it, it's funny because they have sort of Asian activists battling it out on this thing as to. Who's to blame? But well, I know who's to blame, truly. Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Did you hear that? No. Clint Eastwood's Gran Torino co-star says film mainstreamed anti-Asian racism in America. Actor B. Vang says he is haunted by white audiences laughing at racist jokes said by Eastwood's character. You know what he's haunted by? The fact that he uh, co-starred in a movie with Clint Eastwood and hasn't done shit since. <laughs> well, that's a, the guy in Unforgiven. Or yeah, unforgiving. He never did anything else either. Which guy? The kid. Oh, the, the nearsighted kid or whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say Morgan Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> He's done some stuff. <laughs> so yeah. So it's 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 uh it's basically Clint Eastwood's fault. Yeah. There's another um, <laughs> and nobody makes nobody says anything to do with how he was making fun of the Italian uh well the Italian barber and also the fact <laughs> that he was a bigot. You're not, people weren't laughing at his jokes about Asians or whatever. They were laughing that he was such a bigot and so, like, you know, and so behind the times basically and stuck in the, in the past. And then they come to, and here's the thing about that they're highlighting the fact that, yeah, he, he said bigoted things, but he actually died protecting these, the, the, this Asian family. Yeah. Well, he, he, um, makes fun of the Italian barber. I think there's a Polish construction worker. Mm -hmm. He goes after the Irish uh, priest. I mean, he just everybody. Yeah. And, and guess what? I bet you the, uh, the same audience that laughed at the jokes about the uh, Asians laughed at the jokes about all those guys, too. Yeah, I'm sure they did. So there's a video here of a guy. I think it's in New York. Um, black guy who won't sit next to a guy, in an Asian guy in the subway or on a bus. The Asian guy is just standing there. Not causing any problems. And this black guy's going, he's got to move. And when he doesn't move, he gets up and he starts spraying like disinfectant around the guy. Basically implying that he doesn't want to get sick because of this Asian guy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I can understand how Trump put him up to mm -hmm. all this. You know? Yeah, that rhetoric inspired that behavior for sure. Yeah. There's another one of a 36-year-old uh, Hmong woman who was chased down raped and beaten to death by a group of uh, 15 to 17 year old black kids. 
you know? And I don't bring this up to bring race into this and run black people down. The problem I have is that you have a problem with a certain segment of urban black men causing a lot of crime, violent crime, and they're trying to say it's white people making them do it. Yeah. So they they will say you can't just make those sweeping generalizations about black youth. Okay, then you can't make even bigger sweeping generalizations right. about white people. But it reminds me of we talked about this too. The uh, was a couple of years, you know, probably a year ago, the BART system, which is the uh, the light rail or the train system in San Francisco, barrier rapid transit, had serious issues with uh, gangs of black youths beating the shit out of people and robbing them on the trains. And they had video of it because the trains had uh, camera systems. Um, the news was actually reporting on it and they were showing, and not just the news, but the police department was showing video saying, Hey, be careful because this is happening. Uh, and I can't remember exactly who, who, if it was somebody in the government was saying, you can't, you got to stop showing these videos, the police and the media, you can't show videos anymore of this because it's, it's perpetuating, you know, racism against black people, even though it's showing black kids attacking people. So it's a safety issue. It's not white kids. It's not Jewish kids, you know, attacking people. It's 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 gangs of black kids. You can try to talk about how and why and 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 the in the um, um, you know if you think there's a, a an underlying reason for this socioeconomic all you one all you want. But right now, for safety's sake, you have to point out that it is groups of black kids. So if you see gangs of 15, 20 black kids moving through cars, you might want to take a different one, or you might want to walk away. Yeah. But they're putting people in danger by not showing this, by going youths. So if a, if a, a church group from Utah is visiting, you know, um, San Francisco and getting on the BART, it's, it's a group of 15, you know, kids in their, in their white button downs and slacks or whatever with, you know, with, with the Bibles or whatever. Well, they're going to, they're, you, you have to, I guess you have to treat them exactly. You have to be just as fearful of them. You do. Cause they're the damn Mormons, yeah. you know, sneaky as hell. Yeah. You know, they're running everything. You just don't know it. You know, the Illuminati is made up mostly of Mormons. Yeah. So they think they think by... Somebody's going to take that comment seriously. Yeah, editing out, <laughs> editing out the perpetrator's race is going to, what, protect black people from being unfairly targeted by whites? So uh, do you ever see whites, like, starting to go, yeah, damn darkies, we're going to start putting crosses in yards and lighting them on fire. It doesn't happen. It never happens. So right. they're, they're, they're acting like... They're saving us from ourselves as a society. Like, you know, we're, we're, you guys, you whites are just going to like, you're not going to be able to handle like seeing this. So what you're going to do is you're going to start attacking black people. No, no, that's not what happens. Well, I mean, to a degree that may increase in frequency, but the amount of, you know, the amount of, uh, times that'll happen as compared to how many times, you know, it happens the other way. It's, it's. It's not even going to match up. Well, it's, I mean, because people do stupid things. Remember when Steve Irwin was killed by a stingray Mm -hmm. because it stabbed him in the heart and a bunch of people in Australia went out and started hunting down stingrays. Like they were going to get the one that killed Steve Irwin. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you, if you, uh, if you show all this video that, that you're going to have some people who feel fed up and they go out and hunt some black people. I, you could definitely have that. But the question becomes, why do we have such a uh, 
crime spree of this in inner cities. And I remember when, you know, they're having like the Baltimore riots after the Freddie Gray thing. There was someone, uh, this is years ago, so I can't remember the reference, but they were heat mapping the violence in Baltimore. And the point was the media was saying, you can't cover this um, the way you want to cover it because, I mean, even back then they were talking about it's biased against black people because most of that crime is happening in the black areas of Baltimore. Well, somebody heat mapped it and they showed that, no, it wasn't Baltimore. It wasn't the entire city. It was just a couple of spots. So the populations in those spots happen to be a lot of young black kids. Dad's not around. They don't have jobs. They're living in poverty. It's not white people making them do it. You know? But here's the thing. It, how does it hurt to, to, to comment on the actual... Um racial makeup of the perpetrators you've got antifa attacks that are mostly young white people yeah absolutely and you know all these fuckers that are going and smashing buildings in their little little black garb and putting up the umbrellas and throwing bottles at cops those are mostly black or white kids not black dressed in black yeah they're racially appropriate um and then you've got the 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 tactic of wiling out that uh, or the 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 mobs that go in and rush stores to steal shit guess mm-hmm. what that um, ethnic makeup or, or racial makeup is mostly black yeah. so it's a cultural thing um it's we're not saying that whites aren't violent or can't be violent well it's saying, we're saying that these certain specific acts are being perpetrated by certain racial segments and we have to figure out why but in the meantime we have to warn people to be alert so you don't become a victim i have a friend who's in law enforcement in a uh, federal profiling capacity. Let me just put it that way. And uh, he said, I remember there was one time we were talking about a school shooting and I said, did they find the subject (laughs) or the suspect? And he goes, it's a white guy crime. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, you don't see a whole lot of black people shooting up schools. And the point is, if you break all of this crime down, you will generally find that the profiles they come up with are are right. There are certain types of crimes that certain people commit, you know? And why can't we talk about that? I mean, we're just not allowed. And so now what you're getting in Minneapolis is how many carjackings are we up to now? It was 400 and some. Yeah, it was like a 300% increase. Yeah. And uh, a lot of them are, I I heard something like the average age was 14 years old that are jacking these cars. And they're getting arrested, put in a lockup in juvie for an hour, and then they're released. No consequences, no bail, no nothing, you know? Yep. And there was this sort of heartbreaking story of this uh, black single mom on uh, on TV, and she's going, I can't stop him, and the cops won't do anything. Please detain my son for a little while. So he learns some of this. And people can say, well, you're his mom. You should have been doing it. Maybe. Maybe she had something to do with where he is to this point. But right now she's asking for help, saying the system is not helping her her because her son gets arrested for jacking cars. And he's just turned right back out again. And we can go back and, okay, what's causing this? Progressive policies of keeping uh, the man out of the home and black um, black. Um, family life is basically 75%, you know, 
uh, mothers raising kids, no no father in the yeah, home. Yeah, and I get that, and we can get there too. But bef- you can talk about all that, yeah. Before we even get that far back, we've got a mom right now. Let's, you know, we can talk about the story and how we got to this point in it. But at this point in the story, this mom's asking for help, mm-hmm. and the system is not giving it to her because, well, you know, it's the whole white supremacy thing that's making these kids do this. We can't arrest these kids unfairly. You well, know? I mean, Coca-Cola just had a presentation um, for new employees or for employees saying they need to uh, figure out how to elim- or was it tone down or eliminate their whiteness? What was the term uh, they used? Be less white. And it's not surprising because it's just the, I think they even had the woman, what's her name, who wrote uh, Black Fragility or White Fragility. It is one of the worst books mm-hmm. I've ever tried to read. It makes no sense. And it is very obvious that it was written by a woman, a very uh, overly educated white liberal woman who realized that she's a raging racist. She looked down on people of other races, people of other uh, uh, economic uh, strata in the in the in society and told herself, geez, if I'm racist, as smart and enlightened as I am, then everybody dumber than me, which is most people, must be re- like double secret racist. <laughs> and so that's the premise of her whole book. De- you know? D'Angelo? Yeah. And yeah. so the point of read- when you read this book is, if I say to you, Crow, you're racist. Well, I mean, first of all, I'm right. But if I, I said- that- I'm, I'm a, les- a black lesbian. Yeah. Today. Today. And if you said, no, I'm I'm not, some of my best friends are black, or just whatever. You know in your heart whether or not you're a racist person. And she's saying, if you say you're not, then we have to sort of put you aside and teach you how to self-talk your way through this and the understanding that you are. But just by denying it, it reinforces your racism. Mm. It is absolutely stupid. Yeah, circular. Um, and you can't get out of it. And she's making millions of dollars going to companies like Coke. Okay, so so what do you think, Rooster? Employees are are told what you can do. There's a section called "Be Less White" and yeah. what you can do. Can you name? Can without looking at the list, what do you think some of the things you can do to be less white are? Uh, let's see. You can be less arrogant. Yes, that's one of them. You can be more humble. That's another one. Uh, you can be less arrogant because it's that's in, there. in there twice. <laughs> <Can't you? laughs> no, I know this stuff. I read her fucking yeah. book. Yeah. Uh, listen. Um, be less certain. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. Believe, just believe in Be- something. Believe in, oh, you can. You know what? I will believe. I'll believe that the election was stolen. <laughs> How about them apples? Uh, break with apathy. Well, yeah, apathy is not good. Listen, I don't care. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, break with white solidarity. So, do black if black people should they break with black solidarity or is that no? That's good though, right? That's yeah, that's good. Okay, so. Like, I can't link arm-in-arms at uh, sporting events with my uh, white brethren like I normally do. You no, know? that's racist, of course. When we search for Kyle during the uh, <laughs> national anthem and... I don't know. This is so stupid. This woman has a caricature in her head of what white people are like based on how she feels. You know? 
I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And Joe Biden is a perfect example of this. When he says stuff like, poor kids are just as smart as white kids, you know? <laughs> and people go, uh, it was a, it, he just misspoke. Yes, he did. He misspoke what he's thinking. And that doesn't mean that Joe Biden hates all black people. What it means is when Joe Biden pictures a, a rich kid and a poor kid, in his mind, the rich kid is white and the poor kid is black. And the, and the, and the people that know how to succeed in life are white and the people that are um, unable to figure out how to get their life in order are black. That's his attitude. And the thing is, you can look at someone like Joe Biden and say, based on the stuff he says, he is a raging racist and he's doing everything that this is it Beverly D'Angelo? Mm-hmm. No, Robin. Robin D'Angelo. Beverly D'Angelo is the actress. Yeah. Um, who's saying, you know, here's all this. He's he's talking himself out of his own racism, right? He's certain. He's arrogant. He's less humble. You know, I mean, he's all of these things she mentions, but he's got a D by his name, mm-hmm. so he gets a pass. Whereas if you were to come in and say, like. I know it's the old trope, but literally my best friends are black. The guy who was best man at my wedding. You know, all this Rush Limbaugh, who's a, a producer, Bo Snerdly, that he had for 20 plus years, 30 years, was a black guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you they would say to that person, but that doesn't matter. That's your token black friend because you know you're racist and that's why you do that. Yeah, it's like being gay and having a wife. That's the beard. Yeah, Joe Biden can say that black people don't know how to vote, you know, or use the internet, you know, and Rush Limbaugh is the racist. D'Angelo says when white people say they aren't racist, she doesn't buy it. When D'Angelo hears white people say, I was taught to treat everyone the same, she says she thinks to herself, this person doesn't understand basic socialization. This person doesn't understand culture. This person is not self-aware. Being nice to black people is not enough, according to D'Angelo. Niceness is not courageousness. Niceness is not anti-racism. She informs listeners that if they are merely nice, then they are advancing a racist system that increases racial disparities. So don't be nice. And this is because she woke up one day and realized she was a horrible fucking person. Yeah. But she's better than you. Mm-hmm. So if she's a horrible fucking person, then you must be awful. So she's going to educate you as and, to how you are not quite, you are horrible, uh, way more horribler than her, but uh, she's doing the best she can and you should too. Yeah. Some white person waves to her, says hi, and, and smiles. She'll walk by and probably like, oh, yeah. smile. And then she'll be thinking that fucking racist bitch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. I but, mean. But that's, that's what we're, we've been inundated with this kind of shit for years now. And yeah, people like people we know and, and people that are normal don't buy into it, but there's got to be a lot that do. There are a lot that do, but here's what's happening. You can see it. People are voting with their feet. And we're balkanizing. Um, you know, we're doing this ourselves. You get liberals who are moving toward big cities and uh, you're getting conservatives who are moving out of big cities. And so pretty soon you're going to have, you know, cities like New York that are even far more liberal than they are now. But the problem that liberals are having, look what's happening with Cuomo. 
de Blasio and Cuomo are going at it. Yeah. You know, there's not a Republican to be found because none of them have any fucking power in, uh, in New York anyway. So they're just sitting there watching these two slug it out with each other. And do you know why they're going after each other? Because they chased off every Republican you can think of. There's nobody left to go after. And the bitch of being in power is that when bad stuff happens, when you're running the show, you better find out whose fault it is. And if the normal bad guy isn't around anymore, you know, Cuomo doesn't have Trump to shit on. There's no uh, Republicans to speak of. Yeah, there's no real presence in New York for Republicans. So who's he got to go after? You know, he doesn't have anyone to go after. And now people are starting to look at him and go, hey, what about you? So when he turns around and has to take a swing at somebody, it has to be a Democrat. You know, the one thing Gavin Newsom has done smart is he hasn't started going after anybody yet, but he will. Well, you called it too, that you said they're, they're going to really come after Cuomo uh, kind of open the floodgates. And yeah, now the new thing is Cuomo denies allegations that he kissed and harassed a former staffer. But, but see, Cuomo doesn't understand that he's a rich white guy. Okay. He is what the left hates. And now that they've chased off all the boogeymen, he's the guy in the top of the pile. And the left eats itself. You know? And I was listening to Buck Sexton on the way here, and he says, you know, the, the left has their totalitarian and author, authoritarian stuff locked down. You know, when, when the conservatives are in charge, they're like, maybe we shouldn't go so hard after the other guys because, you know, we want to be a little nicer to that side. And he goes, we shouldn't do that anymore because he goes, when the Democrats get in power, they're like, shut up. This yeah, is what we're doing. There's never, there's never half, half measures for them. No, I mean, this whole stimulus bill is insane. It's $1.9 trillion. If you gave every American, not every American who qualifies, and keep in mind, they won't all qualify. If you give every American in the country, it's less than half a trillion dollars. It's like $480 billion. Why is there another trillion dollars in this trillion and a half dollars Pork. in this bill. There's a hundred billion dollars going for an underground train in Silicon Valley. Well, that's status quo. They're, they're going back to status quo of doing the swamp bullshit that they right. do. Because everything in that bill is paying off some uh, liberal donor someplace. It's all for stuff in Democrat places. And same with schools. Schools aren't open because the, the teachers unions are the one of the biggest um, contributors to the Democrat party, Minnesota, especially. Yeah. Um, that's the reason schools aren't open. It's not because of science. I think the teachers union is the biggest union in the entire country. Okay. And that's the reason schools aren't open. It's because they want something. They want to get paid. They want to get benefits. They want something and they're powerful. And they, they gave money to Democrats in order to get that quid pro quo. But you even have Fauci now saying the schools need more resources. Shut up. You're mm -hmm. a doctor. You don't know shit about yeah. education. Well, a lot of people in education don't know shit about education, but I'm I'm tired of this stuff when Trump says something about medicine. They go, he shouldn't comment on that. He's not a doctor. You know what? Probably true. But when it comes to the economy, Fauci and Michael Osterholm and all of them need to shut up. Oh, and by the way, did you see what happened to Osterholm? No. I can't stand that smug son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, it, my dad was talking about that. He goes, you know, Osterholm predicted this. I read his book and he predicted this stuff. Well, he did, 
on what was going to happen. But then you go back and look, and Osterholm's been predicting this every year for the past 10 years. <laughs> okay. So sooner or later, you got it right. Um, but so someone in Cuomo's uh, circle said that Osterholm was one of Cuomo's advisors. And Osterholm goes, no, 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 no. I did not. I only spoke to him once for about five minutes when he called me to tell me how great a job I was doing. And I'm like, this guy's always trying to sell a book. He's out. He, he's not out there trying to do his job to do his job. He wants to be a celebrity. Yeah. Okay. And so he's, he's out there saying Cuomo called me to tell me what a great job I was doing, but that's all I've ever talked to him about. So no, he and I have not talked. Well, the staffers are going, well, you didn't necessarily talk to him, but you were involved in our administration. He's going, no, no, I wasn't. I, w- I was not. Because they're all going after each yeah. other now. They got to find someone to blame. Well, and why do they have to find someone to blame? Because it's not their plan is not fucking working. Yeah. Well, it's all. Yeah. They have to redirect, misdirect. They have to project because every every evil thing they um, blame the other side of doing. That's what they do. Well. Their Democrat states are a shit show. And what states aren't? The states that have generally have Republican-led people. So they're going after them now, too. And you get Ron DeSantos and Christy Noem saying, yeah, bring it. Try it. Yeah. Well, um, they shut down the Keystone Pipeline in order to punish all the states that uh, that are thorns in their side. Mm-hmm. If they would have been, if they'd have been running through Democrat states, you know, they'd be like, well, that, those job opportunities, we can't do that. They'd have put the oil on an underground train. Yeah. Uh, so Cuomo now, this this woman, Lindsay Boylan, she she put out a tweet saying, Today I'm telling my story. I never planned to share the details of my experience working in the Cuomo administration, but I'm doing so now in hopes that it may make it easier for others to speak their own truth. The governor's office said that uh, her post uh, allegedly suggested that they play strip poker, but said that no, it never took place. And, and she was when she was alone with him at a single, uh, she's a single press aide. Um, never happened. So, well, are, are you surprised? Would you be surprised by anybody, any older male in power? And I'm talking anybody over 50, um, regardless of party, who, if they had a attractive 20 something woman around them, wouldn't say something incredibly inappropriate. Oh, uh, this gets really specific. She goes, uh, in her post, she says that Cuomo, Boylan told Cuomo uh, on an October 2017 flight home to New York, he goes, let's play strip poker. And she says, I should have been shocked by the governor's crew comment, but I wasn't. She said, we were flying home from an October 2017 event in Western New York on his taxpayer funded jet. He was seated facing me, so close our knees almost touched. His press aide was to my right and a state trooper behind us. Uh, The former Cuomo staffer said she responded sarcastically and awkwardly by saying, that's exactly what I was thinking. She goes, I tried to play it cool, she wrote, but in that moment I realized just how acquiescent I had become. Um, And then Cuomo was trying to get out, bullying all of his guys and saying that never happened. Uh, and then he says she he tried to kiss her. I don't see where it was that he tried to kiss her, but yeah, that was another one. She said he tried to kiss her. So, but, oh, he did kiss. He didn't just try to kiss her. He kissed her. But does that surprise you at all? Not because it's Cuomo, but because it's a politician or a person of power. I think people in power, whether it's the corporate ladder or wherever, 
pull this shit all the time. I really do. I think it's more men do it more to women, but it certainly happens with women doing it to men. This stuff doesn't surprise me, and I don't understand why it surprises everybody else. It's it's sort of human nature, you know? Yeah, I think it happens more on the left because they, they think they, they're going to get away with it. At this point, at this stage in, in, the, in history in America, the left, the powerful left will do it more because the right are going to be more worried that they're going to get caught or oh, they're right. going to get called yeah. out on it. Right now, I think. Right now. But yeah. in the past? No. I don't think so. so. You know? I mean, what's the what's the sort of same old stereotype everybody's got? The the rich boss is nailing his hot secretary kind mm-hmm. of thing. There's a reason that's a stereotype. Yeah. And the politics part doesn't come into it. That person could be anybody, you know? Um, Do you ever watch the series Turn? No, that was the uh, civil uh, uh, revolutionary War. revolutionary war with the spy, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a re- it's a really good series. But there's a woman in there, really good actress, really attractive gal. She claims that uh, uh, President Bush Senior um, sort of groped her at something, grabbed her butt or something like that when he was an old man in a wheelchair. And I'm sitting there going. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me, but at that point, what good does saying that do? No, I hundred percent agree, but I just I I guess it's not gonna surprise me. Yeah. Because I think people in power do stuff like and that. And also there's the can. thing about the lecherous old man where old men kind of start getting to the point where they get like you know, inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So why does it surprise anybody else? You know, it's like if you're a if you're a fan of Star Trek at all, they always do this whole thing about oh, the human race used to be really brutal and blah blah blah. It's it's just part of our DNA, you know. And so let's stop pretending we are better people than we really are. Let's understand what our weaknesses and flaws are, and stop trying to beat everybody up for them. You know, you see, well, that's not very progressive of you, Rooster. Well, you know, you see this challenge now. I I think it's an older one on YouTube where they'll they'll take little kids and they'll put a camera on them. Sometimes the kid knows, sometimes they don't. Like some candy or a piece of cake or something, and they'll say, "Okay, you can have this, but you can't have it until I come back." And I'm gonna leave for a little bit. They leave, and sometimes the kid doesn't eat it, and sometimes they do. And they're always surprised when they don't. Why are they surprised when they don't? Because it's the kid nature to take the thing. Mm-hmm. To want it, to see it, and go get it. Yeah, and be like, there's nobody here. I'm going to do it, you know? And so I think we keep pretending that we are better people than we are. We're trying to hold ourselves to a standard that's above anything we've ever shown historically we have the right to. So let's stop Let's stop tearing people up for things we knew they were doing anyway. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I don't know. I think Cuomo deserves what he's getting right now from this, if, if this happened. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, go after him. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it's different if he said, sitting across from her, hey, let's play strip poker. You know, that's, that's a stupid yeah, comment. Yeah, it's just a dumb comment. Yeah. It's inappropriate. Well, it's- and I don't know the context of it. You know, I can see somebody making that joke. If he actually kissed her when she didn't have it coming, yeah. and if he was a married guy at the time. Yeah, the, yeah. The, just the comment alone, I guess, uh, whatever. It's the same as the guy 
a couple of years ago got in trouble for he was in an elevator and he said uh when the doors closed and he was with there were some females in there he said uh um what's the old joke uh, take me to floor seven women's lingerie or something like that there's a dumb joke in there somewhere and he just like referenced it got fired didn't he didn't he go to push one of the buttons and look at the ladies and goes going down <laughs> no he did not <laughs> But he said something about women, no, floor seven, women's lingerie, because there's a joke, something about that, like an old, old timey yeah. joke. And he didn't even say the joke. He just referenced it and boom, fired because the women felt uncomfortable with that. It's like, that was nonsense. Just like if, yeah, Folly said, let's play strip poker. It's like, and she goes, yeah, whatever. And that would have been, that should have been the end of it. But yeah, if he took it further and says, no, let's, let's, let's play strip poker, started loosening his tie and leaning for a kiss. Okay. All right. Now you're now you cross the line there, buddy. I think he was loosening his tie. He was unzipping his pants, maybe. <laughs> Could have been. Yeah, but it, it it doesn't surprise me when people are like this. Yeah. You know. Well, same with Trump. Trump talking to um Billy Bush. Saying, you know, uh women love power. They like when you got a lot of money, they'll let you grab them by the pussy. But that's exactly my point. He was saying what everybody knows. Yeah. And you can say it was indelicate, but for people to say, oh, he sexually assaulted women. No, no he didn't. No, he did not. They're like, oh, he just grabs them. But no, no. He, he just, that's. There are women out there that in order, you know, they know you have money and now you have power. And that's what they're basically he's talking about gold diggers. <laughs> Look at the women he's been married to. <laughs> he just keeps trading them for younger, prettier yeah. t- ones. I mean, it, that's what he does. And it, he does it. Because, so was it crass? Sure. Was it shocking? No. Yeah. If it was shocking to you, then you're stupid. Yeah. I'm sorry. And it was funny. You know, they say, ah, it's just locker room talk, which most guys would understand. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying, look, there's two kinds of people in the world. People who say they've heard that and people who lie, you know, and for a guy to say, I've never heard anyone talk like that. That's not true at all. Bullshit. Yeah. And generally the people who protest the most about that are the ones who do it. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't wrong when he said that, but it also doesn't make him a sexual assaulter. No. Just like saying, if I said, I feel like robbing a bank, I'm not a bank robber, you know? Right. So anyway. Well, we're coming up on time here. Okay. Uh, if you want to contact us, it's rooster at bread and circuses. This is email, by the way. I never say that first. Rooster at bread and circuses podcast.com or crow at bread and circuses podcast.com. And you can look us up on Facebook at the bread and circuses podcast. And I tried to check parlor on my phone. Still down. I heard it's up. That's what I heard too. I haven't gotten on it yet, but I, I have a Google phone. Okay. So I'm wondering if I can't even pull it up. Oh. And I've, I've been, uh, I've been reluctant to uninstall it and try and reinstall it because I'm wondering, is it going to give me my, my password back? Oh yeah. So I don't know. It might just be well, that Google doesn't have it anymore. The, all, all, the word on the street <laughs> is that it's going to be back. So we're we'll be on Parlor. It'll be what Rooster BNC mm-hmm. and Crow knows. So, but he doesn't. He really doesn't. That's right. See you, bye.